Good day, my friends. I can't do it. I can't do it, man. Good day, my friends. This is Under Review, the tennis podcast from an insider's perspective. I'm Craig Shapiro, and on the show, I talk with the most interesting voices in the sport. We have a great show for you today. We're in the second week of the Australian Open and thought we'd get the inside scoop from someone who knows the tournament, the players, and the sport as well as anyone within 30 miles of L.A. Two years ago, she dismantled Simona Halep at Rod Laver Arena. Later that year, she won the Fed Cup with Coco Vandeweghe. She's beaten Plushkova and Bouchard and others. And other than the Williams sisters, she's the first American woman in the past decade to join the illustrious Roland Garros Final Eight Club, Shelby Rogers. Shelby is going to tell us why the players call the Australian Open the Happy Slam, what it's like to play such greats as Venus Williams and Simona Halep, and what kind of work goes into coming back from an injury. We met up with Shelby on the court at UCLA Tennis Center, where she just finished smashing balls with Clay Thompson, who played one at UCLA. Shelby's dressed head-to-toe in Deodora and looks ready for anything. Let's see if she's ready for under review. Center court at UCLA. Shelby Rogers, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I have to tell you, you're a Deodora contract. You know, I was a kid and I was in high school. Deodora, in addition to being a big tennis brand, they made a soccer cleat. My mother would never get them for me because they were too expensive, but they made, <laughs> they made a soccer cleat out of kangaroo leather. And I can't help but think that because the Australian Open's going on now that there's something kismet about that. That's funny. I actually have a lot of people come up to me and see the Diodora brand. Either one, they don't know what it is because it's been, you know, a little bit more of a European brand, I think. Or they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen those in ages. I used to have, you know, this. And they have all these fun stories that they tell me. It's been really fun being a part of the Diodora family. People get down for yeah. Diodora. The ones yeah. that know what I mean. Bjorn Borg wore Diodora. Yeah. Um, I feel like the last time I saw you play, it was with Coco. You guys won the Fed Cup against um, Sabalenka <laughs> and uh, Sasnovich. That was one of the best things we ever saw. I mean, that was phenomenal. It was a lot of fun. I love playing Fed Cup. Playing for your country is amazing. And then being able to play with Coco, one of my best friends, was so much fun. I and love to watching share her that play moment tennis. with her. I mean, that's something we're never going to forget. What did you guys do after you won that? <laughs> we had champagne in the locker room. Everybody was, you know... <laughs> Spraying champagne everywhere. It was a lot of fun. Good celebration. Did you go like all? Did you go out all night in Belarus? No, because we had flights. I mean, we finished quite late, and we had early flights the next morning. So it was we had a little celebration at the hotel, and you know, carried it back to the U.S. It was fun. Fed Cup champs. So in order to cover a wide variety of topics at a fast clip, we do a five-set format. Our first set is the off-the-court report. You know, we know that your last tournament was almost this time a year ago, uh, Indian Wells, correct? Correct. Just give us the full shebang on this. Well, I'll give you the short version, I guess. Uh, So I had knee surgery. I've been out, like you said, almost a year. Um, I've been doing physical therapy, rehab, working on the mental side of my game, you know, enjoying a little of my time off court, away from the tour. So I've learned a lot about myself. Um, I've gotten to do some things that I wouldn't normally be able to do because of the scheduling with WTA traveling so much. Um, It's been hard but fun, you know, at times. And I think you have to make it that way. Otherwise, it can be 
very, very difficult. We saw you on the Instagram, like hitting a golf ball real, real clean. <laughs> yeah, apparently that video made it onto Tennis Channel as well. Shout out to Tennis Channel for keeping up with all the things happening. But you hit the ball beautiful. Thank you. Is Happy it... to receive some feedback, though. I need to work on my swing a little bit. I feel like <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of tennis players play great golf. Uh, it must be a lot easier just to hit the ball that's not moving. You would think, but it's very frustrating <laughs> because you can't hit it the same way every time. Or I can't yet, but I played my first official 18 holes of golf the other day, so... I think uh, it's something I can keep up with. You played 18. I did. So you're in it now. I think I'm hooked, yeah. You're in it. You're in it. And where are you at with your tennis? So I'm back on court training now, moving a little bit better. It's uh, an interesting process coming back from an injury just because there's so many little things that you have to perfect and get stronger before you feel really comfortable on court. So I've never had an injury like this. It's been definitely a learning curve, but I think I'm uh, close to being back competing. Is, I mean, you look like, I mean, we just were watching you and I saw you a month ago on Christmas Eve day, as a matter of fact. Um, you had your whole crew dressed in ugly sweatshirts <laughs> and hats, but um, it doesn't look like you're an injured player. That's good. Yeah, no, Thank I mean, you. I mean, you look like you're- I receive that. <laughs> I mean, are you on the uptick? Yes, yeah. Like I said, I'm pretty close to being back to competing. I miss it so much and I'm working hard, making sure I do everything right, but I see so many players that come back too soon, so that's the number one thing I don't want to do. Yeah, you absolutely can't do that. Yep. Last thing about this whole situation, um, I know that you at some juncture uh, met up with Gil, Andres Gil, Gil Reyes. What was that experience like? He's great. I've known him for a while, and he's just such a positive person and someone that when you're around him, you feel like the most important person ever. Amazing, and right? So it's just good energy to be around. Um, obviously a bonus training there, you know, for a little bit, a day, an hour, whatever time you spend with him is going to be productive. I mean, this, this is like very insider, but Gil Reyes has a high performance operation in Vegas that, you know, you've got to be a world-class tennis player to be in on. Is that right? Would that be uh, fair to, to an say? To an extent, I think so, yeah. And he really is like the guru, isn't he? <laughs> He's definitely had a lot of experience, you know, traveling with Andre for quite some time and seen a lot of success and knows what it takes to make that happen. Is there anything you could give us that he said to you that you kind of take with you? I, I mean, there's no magic pill, right? There's no crazy routine that's going to change someone. You have to put in the work, you have to work hard, but you also have to just be very tennis specific and work on your weaknesses. And if you don't identify those and work on them, you know, which some people just prefer to work on their strengths, right? But if you're very tennis specific, everything he does has a purpose. And I think that's the most important thing. There's nothing you do um, that doesn't have a very, very specific purpose. Shelby Rogers breaking it down. All right, this is our second set. It's our on the court report. Um, it's so fun to be on these courts at UCLA, but I mean, obviously everybody wants to talk about Australia. Have you heard anything from on the ground in Australia? Are your friends calling you being like, oh, you're not going to believe? I think the most feedback you get is just from how amazing the tournament is. Every year they improve something. You know, the player services, the player accommodations, whatever. Australia just ups the ante every single year. And it that, continues to be a player favorite. That's a big time spot. Absolutely. It's, I mean, they call it the happy slam. Everybody loves going there. You yeah. know, they just spoil the players 
more than any other tournament, I think. What's and an example of like one of the best perks you get at the Australian Open? For they just player? make it easy for you. Like transportation, you can go wherever you want. They don't make a big fuss about it. Go wherever you want. It, they'll take no you. No aggravation. Yeah, exactly. They have Australia. tons of cars, tons of drivers. Everyone's have, in a great mood. I, last time I was there, you know, kind of unlimited money and dining, just little things where you don't have to stress about, you know. Unlimited money and dining. Oh, when you go to the cafeteria. Yeah, player dining. I you mean, could just take it down. Right. You don't have to worry about your uh, per diem. You're not doing math at the yeah, <laughs> register. <laughs> Incredible. All right, let's get into the tennis. I know that you've you've had great wins against a lot of people that still are in the draw. I know that you've had some losses to those players. I want to, first of all, ask you, what have your impressions been of the tournament? Have you kept your eye on it at all? I've watched a little bit, to be honest, not a ton. And it's kind of cool to see some of the veterans doing well. You know, Serena's coming back, playing really well. Maria Sharapova won her match. But then at the same time, you have the young guns. And Isamova looks super good. Do you know her? Um, a little bit. Not very well, but I, I enjoy watching her play. Have you practiced with her? Have you seen I sure haven't, no. no. Do you have any interesting insight in, into her? Not really. I mean, I've just watched her a handful of times, and she seems to be handling the pressure and expectations very well, which is nice to see. And also just very confident out there going for her shots and playing the game she wants to play. You had a huge win over Simona Hall up there a couple of years ago. Um, what can you say about her? She is probably one of the best fighters on tour, you know. She has been number one in the world for a reason, and she's always going to leave everything on the court. Even if you have a super big lead on her, she's, you can never count her out, you know. I feel like uh, the bigger players can sometimes just blow her out of the water. Um, you obviously have world-class power. You play big. I mean, that's got to be tough for her to deal with when you're playing well. Sometimes, but I think... You know, there are certain players on tour when they're hot and playing well, anybody's going to struggle with that, you know. Um, and Halep is one of the best movers on tour as well. So she can definitely cover some ground and defend. Um, she's kind of the full package. But if you are sitting back kind of behind the baseline trying to rally with her, it's not going to go so well for you. I know you lost to Venus in Quebec. Um, what's it feel like being on the other side of the court from Venus? At the time, it was interesting what was that? That was years quite ago. a few years ago. Actually, 2014, actually. Yeah, it was a while ago. But she was still kind of one of my idols, you know? So it's kind of getting into a point where, okay, I really respect you and your game, and I've grown up watching you and want to be like you, but now I have to switch my mindset to try to beat you, and I'm your equal now. So kind of being confident going on court with that was a challenge right off the bat. And then I played her super quick, like you said, in Quebec, indoor courts. So her serve was unbelievable that day. Um, and I think the biggest difference was on big points, she knew exactly what to do, what she wanted to do, and could execute. She, she um, doesn't really get a lot of credit for being tactically um, exceptional. Would you, would you think it's fair to say that she's tactically underrated, that she plays smart, like she plays very smart tennis? Sure, yeah. I mean, she's had all of her success for a reason. She definitely knows what works for her in her game and what she can do well. Um, Naomi Osaka, have you, have you had any experience with her? The last time I played her was in Charleston. And Is that the green clay? The, on the green clay, yes. Charleston, South Carolina. And, and that's where you're from, by the way. That's your home, yes, that's your home tournament. Yes, it is. <laughs> so much fun. But that's the last time I played her a couple years ago. 
Um, is she an interesting player? In, in the Just terms? a lot of natural, easy power easy that a lot power. of players don't have. She's doesn't have to try very hard to get what some players have to, you know. Um, and she sees the court well. I think she's a very um, driven player. You know, she sets her goals and, and sets her goals very high. And she's been a lot of fun to watch, actually. You know, this year I've been off. She was on Ellen, and, you know, she's all her success has been pretty fun. Is she a cool girl? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know her too well. She's kind of quiet. Um, she's quirky. Yeah, she's quirky. But when you talk to her, she's super nice and um, will throw in, you know, a joke every now and then that kind of takes you off guard and is really funny. And her press conferences are great. She's always got the highlights there, so. Danielle Collins, she absolutely wiped out Carol Garcia. Have you played her? I have not played her, but I've seen her play quite a bit and, you know, talked to her a few times. And she is so feisty and such a fighter, right? You can never count her out. She's a really great competitor and a lot of fun to watch. Do you believe in college tennis? Do you think that, or do you think that she's sort of the exception to the rule, that somebody that can have a significant college career and then make the jump? I think everyone has a different route to take. I mean, obviously I didn't take that route, but I think, I mean, you've seen it work both ways and I don't have much insight on the college experience, but she's done a phenomenal job with it. So to say that it doesn't work, I don't think it's fair. Um, and I think if you can use that college experience in a positive way, like she has, then yeah, it can be a great resource for you. Cool. Is there anything on the men's side that you think has been interesting? It's just been fun watching all the American guys, you know, come through, have some upsets in there. TFO, I watched Fritz play Fed, which was kind of cool to see. Um, just to see them. Yeah, yeah. Those just, are your kind of people. Exactly. You know, these guys that you know and see at practice and hang out with a little bit is uh, it's really fun. TFO's had an incredible run. Um, do you know him well? Pretty well, yeah. What's he like? He's so much fun. He's got a great personality and just can make anybody smile Seems at any like time. Seems like a good guy. Yeah, and he just plays with so much passion, and it's really fun to watch and makes me want to work even harder to get back out there because those are the moments you play for, you know, on the big stadiums with all those emotions coming out, the crowd behind you chanting your name. I mean, those moments are awesome to watch. Yeah. Um, Andy Murray kind of dropped a, a mega bomb you know, at the top of the tournament. Do you have any uh, perspective into what he's kind of going through, what that, what that sort of feels like? I mean, I can kind of relate, I guess, a little bit, because I played through some pain with my knee for a while, probably not to the same extent that he has been dealing with, you know, whatever with his hip, but it's not fun. You know, you do something to a certain level, and when you're you're stopped by some sort of pain or injury. It's just very frustrating. You go out there and you expect to play at one level and you can't get there. So I, I kind of understand where he's coming from, but it's really sad to see. You know, he's been such an influential player on and off the court for men and women. And he's just a very real player. When you see his interviews, he's very honest. He's very genuine. And he's one of, I think, everyone's favorite on tour, men and women. move into our third set. Uh, this is the part of the show where we typically talk about your career. We don't know each other, but um, I have to tell you, I'm like extremely proud of you. You uh, Thank you. The final eight club of, <laughs> of Roland Garros. 
is like, that's just amazing. Um, you had an incredible tournament. I did. It was a lot of fun. And First of all, being in Paris <laughs> is the greatest. Yeah, but that year the weather was terrible. It was cold and rainy and... That was the bad weather year? Yeah, it uh, sure was. A couple of matches like I didn't Seine even get to warm up for. The Seine overflowed, didn't the? Yeah. <laughs> it was? Yeah, it was pretty crazy being there. A lot of time on site, a lot of rain delays, a lot of waiting, a lot of naps in the locker room. You know, just, I mean, all day on That's site. That's a hard way to do it. It's tough. Um, but, but you beat Kvitova. Uh -huh. Love, breaker, love. Yep. You have to explain that. Not the first time I've done that. Is that right? <laughs> I uh, came out. I, it was honestly a really weird match. I mean, <laughs> the first set went so quickly, I didn't really know what was happening. You know, I had a game plan. I was just trying to focus on that. And then all of a sudden, the set's over. And honestly, was... I was kind of like, oh, no, this can't get any better. So what's about to happen? I knew she wasn't just going to give up, obviously. She's a very accomplished player. She knows what she's doing. And so I was expecting her to fight back. Um, and that's exactly what she did. Do you get like a little tight after you blow somebody out of the water like that? A little bit, because yeah. it can't get any better for you. It can't get any worse for them. So they kind of, I feel like, have a little less pressure. You know, they just start to swing out and try to change something. Breaker, and then you blew her back out of the water. You must have been playing very well. Which was crazy, because I'm like, okay, Breaker once at all. Here we go. It's going to be a dogfight in the third. And again, I just tried to focus on my game plan, and here we go, game after game after game after game, going super quickly. So I was thrilled with it, <laughs> ready to get off the court, you know, but um, I wish every match could, could be like that, maybe. That's pretty good. To, without the second set. Without so. the second set in the, in the, in the middle. Um, do you grow up in clay? Is yes, that, green clay. You grow up on the green? Yeah. That's the South Carolina, <laughs> Florida course. Right, right. The red clay is a much different surface, but do you enjoy it? Do you have to, I like, do. just to set up? Actually, the first tournament I played on red clay, I won. It was an, a junior ITF in Panama. I won singles and doubles. So I think when you have early results like that, you're, you kind of always have a soft spot for that surface or tournament or whatever it is, and good memories and positive feeling surrounding it. So I don't know, that's probably part of it, but also just growing up on the clay and developing my game on that surface probably helps. Um, the way I understand it is you were like a very under the radar junior. Yes. And uh, you- <laughs> There's a theme here, under the radar. A <laughs> little bit, right? Like a little bit under the radar, but you know, our show is an insider show, so we love this. This is the best. Um, but you got a wild card into the into the nationals and you won the tournament. Mm. Did you just turn pro right after that? No. No. Well, I got a wild card into the U.S. Open for winning that tournament. Um, but which hold on a second. Nice. So you have to explain that you weren't like one of the top players in junior tennis. When no. I so I played a lot in the South in my state. Oh, you played in your district um, section. 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 Yeah, yeah. So I won my state tournament maybe six times in Belton, South Carolina. Great, but nobody knows about that. And then. So you were just wiping played, up your neighborhood. I played within the South. I played a few nationals, but it was just really expensive, you know, for my family to travel and play a lot. So I was very fortunate that. In Charleston, South Carolina, I had a great group of girls that were super competitive to practice with. And we could play practice matches and tournaments right there in Charleston and sort of simulate a tournament yeah. atmosphere and just develop my game and my weapons and tactics. Um, and then again, super fortunate to have the, the tournament in Charleston. So, you know, I was able to play qualies there and win a couple of wild cards into qualies and get that experience. And then won hard courts 
and got a wild card into the U.S. Open. So I was kind of, you know, I had to earn it a little bit, but definitely took not the most popular route to the pro game. Was going to college ever on your radar? Was there ever a college? Sure, yeah. I took all my official college visits. I visited Clemson, visited UNC. Um, and so you didn't get pulled out of high school? You weren't homeschooled or anything like that? I was. I did two years of online school. So I had an abbreviated couple years in high school. I would, you know, I got credit for PE, things like that. Didn't have to go to study hall. So I would go in late to school and get out early so I could practice more. And then after a couple years, just needed more time to travel. So I started online school and was able to take it with me, which was nice. And I just couldn't see myself going down that route. You know, I had a couple good results, you know, in some 50Ks, made the finals and um, just knew that's what I really wanted to do. And well, I had to give pro, myself you're a winning, chance. You're winning pro tennis matches. Right. That's and, incredible. And it's something I always wanted to do. And I wouldn't have been able to live with the not giving myself a chance. You know, I can always go back to school. I'm doing classes online now. Um, you are? But you can't always have that opportunity, you know, to what play on What class are you tour. taking right now? <laughs> so I'm majoring in psychology. I'm taking cognitive psychology this semester. Um, women's S health and... So, you know, some other core requirements. Really? Yeah, yeah. You, you're doing it. I'm doing it so very you, slowly. So you get up, you practice. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to go work out. Uh-huh. Then you probably have, what do you do in the afternoon? Either you practice again or, you know, do some recovery. I mean, it's a full day. It's a full job. Full day. Yeah. And when do you do your schoolwork? When I have time. I try to schedule it in, you know, like any other thing. So I stay on track and it's definitely been a big challenge with time management, but I like to stay organized and try to stay a little ahead just so it's not a stressful thing. You know, it's a positive addition. Shelby Rogers, breaking it down. I mean, you've been a pro athlete for a really long time now. I mean, for someone, you're 27 years old? 26. 26. I mean, you've been on tour since you were what, basically 19. Mm-hmm. 18, yeah. Um, how are you feeling about your tennis right now? Yeah, it's weird to kind of be the veteran now, right? <laughs> um, I still feel like a kid, you know, out there playing and enjoying the game. But I think I've had some really good success so far. It's really cool to have worked so hard for something that you've dreamed about doing. You know, since I was a little girl, I wanted to play pro tennis. So it's cool to have made that happen. But I don't think I've reached my potential yet. And I still have a lot of goals that have not been achieved. So I'm excited to get back on court and work towards that. Let's move into our fourth set. This is, we call it the 10 ball scramble. We don't okay. do a deep dive. I say something. Okay. And you just say the first thing that comes into your mind. Oh boy. On court coaching. Terrible. <laughs> this is a bad start already. Why? <laughs> no, controversial. Why? No, but do it. What's your opinion? I've never liked it. I feel that. Do you have your, do you have your does your coach come running onto the court? You don't have Not that. often. You're not going to see that very often. I just think that there's a mental aspect of tennis that is a big reason why I play the sport, the individuality of it. And if you're beating someone mentally and they call out their coach to give them a little pep talk, that kind of takes out a cool aspect of the sport, right? Yeah. Uh, Off-court coaching. I think particular. You have to be very specific about it. What do you mean? Like everyone's going to have their own preferences with it, right? I just feel like there are a lot of bad coaches out there, I guess. You have to be very particular. Your favorite tournament? Charleston. Favorite court? Mm. The court that you step onto and you're like, oh, this is my favorite court. 
could be in your backyard, I don't know. I mean, Arthur Ashe Stadium is unbelievable. You love it? Yeah. Favorite player growing up? Steffi Graf. Favorite player now? Roger Federer. Um, favorite forehand? Inside in. Favorite backhand? Down the line. Favorite serve? Kick serve. Where? Kick wide. Are you trying to scout me right now because we're about to play? <laughs> this is our uh, fifth and final set. We call this the queen of the court. It basically, it's like if you were the queen of tennis, how would you do it? Hmm. Um, where are you at with regards to player scheduling? Do you think that the best player should always be getting the primetime spot in the night, never having to play in the hot weather. Well, that's fine. You kind of earn your spot, right? So I think tournament scheduling within the the days, the match scheduling is fine. I think the schedule throughout the year is a little bit long for the men and women. We play a lot, you know, and I think people kind of overlook that. And I think one thing that I would like is more tournaments for the women, but also ones that make sense. So if we could sort of travel in a way where we're not kind of circling the world five times a year, <laughs> you know? Just a more smooth transition from one tournament to the next. Yeah, where do you think that the schedule, like, basically bottlenecks? If you were the queen, like, you could just change it. Like, what would you move? Mm, I don't know. I'm not totally comfortable answering that, to be honest. Like, Asia after the U.S. Open... It's tough. Seems like it's a vicious part of the schedule. Yeah, it can be fun, though. I mean, and we're used to it. So we know that's coming. We know how to prepare for it. But I think as tennis hopefully becomes more popular, you know, we get more fans, then we get more events, and then the schedule kind of works itself out and makes more sense. But right now, we know what to expect. We know how to schedule it throughout the year and take weeks off here and there to hopefully protect your body and prevent some injuries from happening. But um, you have to be very smart about it. Um, listen, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was super fun. Good luck. Appreciate it. Maybe we'll see you uh, soon on the court. Yeah, I hope so. Cool, you're released. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thanks a lot. So congratulations to Stuart Salters on winning the Invesco Series VIP package. We're looking forward to seeing you in Newport Beach on the 26th. Thanks to everyone who wrote in, DM, retweeted, and spread the word. And thanks to the folks at the Invesco Series. If you didn't win but still want the VIP experience, you can still buy tickets on their website at InvescoSeries.com. Huge thank you to Shelby Rogers. We are looking forward to your triumphant return to the tour. Thank you to Mark Lucero and UCLA. And thank you in advance to Diodora for sending me those kangaroo leather cleats my mother wouldn't buy. You guys are the best. Grazie. I want to thank all of you for listening, giving us feedback, and spreading the word. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, our lines are open 24-7. Our email is info at underreviewtennis.com. At UR with CS is our Twitter handle. Underreview Tennis is our Instagram and Facebook. Our producer is Scott Tuft, and our music is by Brian Senti. Jason Binnick did our mix. We will be back before you know it with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released. Released.